What is up, guys? Welcome back to Commentators Cut. I am your host, Hudel, and I am back with another One Tree Hill episode. These next two ones that I have for us are quite the episodes because we have the Time Capsule episode and Keith's Wedding. So exciting things to come. Starting off with episode 15, Unopened Letter to the World. Uh, the time capsule videos. Honestly, so many of these are very embarrassing for all of the characters all around. You have Nathan with the Haley stuff, Lucas and his weird moody vendetta thing against Dan. Brooke, hers isn't so much embarrassing, but like still kind of. And Peyton, oh my gosh, I love her and Jake, but her talking about him the way she did in this video. Wow, <laughs> that's something to see in 50 years. Anna for sure had the most touching time capsule video, but she decides to go back and erase it because she gets scared again about coming out to the world, even though this video isn't supposed to be seen for another 50 years. But while she's talking with the rest of the gang at one point, someone mentions that sometimes time capsules get opened a little bit earlier and that freaks her out. So she gets mouth to help her watch the video and delete what she said because... That's a scary thing to come out and she just doesn't want it to happen when she's not ready, which is totally understandable. Unfortunately for us, her brother comes back in this episode. So Felix is here and he decides to throw Brooke this big party to celebrate her being the president. And it's an amazingly awful party. He just doesn't do well whatsoever. He's so focused on trying to one-up Lucas that he ends up completely missing what Brooke would actually want. There was some good that came out of this party though because I think it helped Brooke realize that Felix is not really the guy for her or at least that's how I'm interpreting it. Throughout this episode I'm just like she is not feeling Felix the way that you should be for your boyfriend you know. So I'm just like, Brooke, cut the ties, let him loose. Just, you know, get rid of the dead weight. We don't need it. She gave him a chance because she felt something there. Obviously, they had some kind of chemistry because they were sleeping together. And then he started being sweet. Well, he started being sweet to her, at least. So she's like, okay, let's give this guy a chance. But it's just not working. Brooke you can see it in the way she's acting. She's not about this relationship. So I'm just waiting for her to break it off because at this point it's dragging on for no reason. The other Rocky relationship is of course, Nathan and Haley. Nathan has hit the lowest of lows. He is drinking in class. He literally starts driving drunk again this is the second time that nathan is doing this because do we remember back when he took peyton's car and crashed it well this time he gets in the car drives away and throws his beer on a police car like how convenient you know and again lucas comes up and takes the fall for it and they both end up in jail and it's a whole mess and you're just like dang we saw in the last episode that Nathan was very much in denial about everything that happened and he's trying to come to terms with it, but it's just not making sense for him. 
But now he is very quickly moved on to anger. Nathan calls Haley, which is just very annoying to me because she absolutely should have been the one calling because she left. She needs to communicate like right as she was getting on that bus. She should have been trying to call him and explain and try and figure out a way for them to get past this. But anyway, he calls her and they talk. And obviously he doesn't actually want to hear her out right now. And should he try? Yes, but he's upset right now. Nathan is just so broken and I ah it hurts I just want to see him doing better these are some of the hardest episodes to get through just because you see how much pain he's in about everything that's going on and the one person that would be there to actually help him through it isn't she's the one that caused the pain and it's just ugh, so so much to handle As for Lucas, Nathan's jail buddy, um, he has decided that he's going to live with Dan and it is tearing Karen up. She cannot fathom the thought of Lucas living with Dan because why would he want to? I mean, this guy has actively tried to forget about this child for his entire life. And all of a sudden, Lucas wants to live with him and she's just like, what? Even she realizes that there has to be some other reason. She realizes that there's some ulterior motive, but that doesn't mean she's given up this fight. So she's going to get some lawyers involved because, I mean, legally, she is entitled to Lucas, right? Or at least that's what we think. And then all of a sudden, Lucas is the one making the decision, and you're like, what is going on? Please give my girl Karen a break. Thankfully, Andy's there to comfort her and he's amazing. Love Andy. He is not gonna let Dan win this easily. So shout out to Andy. I did find it weird the kind of twist that they threw in about why Lucas is living with Dan. Because this whole time you're thinking, okay, Lucas is living with Dan because he doesn't want Keith to know about the jewel situation and also he needs money for his heart medication yeah sure but then at the end they reveal the rest of Lucas's time capsule tape and he's going off about how maybe if he can just get close enough to Dan to learn what makes him tick and all this stuff he can finally take him down and I'm just like what is what is this revenge angle that we're going with like I get it Lucas you have every reason to be upset with him and not want him to succeed but at the same time I'm kind of like um is it really worth it is what you're doing really worth it because he is hurting his mom he's hurting Nathan he's definitely not helping Dan in any way he's not helping Keith really because at some point Keith needs to know the truth about what's going on with Jules because her name is literally not even Jules like how is that supposed to work out she's just going to live this life for the rest of his life and he's going to be okay with that it doesn't yeah that one doesn't pan out at all so really I don't see how anyone's benefiting from this revenge thing that he's trying to do it just makes Lucas seem really stupid but I mean I guess he's a 16 17 year old boy so he's not really the smartest about this situation but uh, yeah this was dumb and it makes him look dumb and I'm just like not great it also makes him look very obsessive 
not good all around. So that was a weird thing that they threw in there. Um, I don't know if we were supposed to be getting hints about him trying to get revenge this whole time, but it felt very out of nowhere, especially the way he's going about it. So yeah, weird. Moving on to my quotes from the episode. I have three, I think. Yeah, I have three. Um, The first one I wrote down was when Karen goes to Andy and she just says he chose his father and she's all choked up about it. And this one breaks my heart because this poor mother, she has done everything she possibly can to give Lucas a good life, to be there for him, to be a parent that he loves just for him to choose Dan of all people, Dan, you know, like, It was one thing when Lucas decided to choose to go with Keith, but she actually likes Keith. And sure, it hurt her that Lucas didn't want to live with her in Tree Hill anymore, but at least she knew that Lucas was going to a good man. But now he's going to Dan. Yeah, that that was painful. That was painful. Oh, bonus quote, because I just thought about it, but... When Lucas was doing his like one phone call to get him out of jail, you know, and his mom is like, are you okay? Do you have a quarter? And he says, yeah, yeah. And she says, okay, call the father you love so much. Oh, why, Karen? Let's not be petty. I understand, but you're supposed to be a mom. It was funny, though. I laugh every single time. (laughs) She really wasn't going to bail him out of jail. Honestly, I'm still kind of confused about who actually ended up bailing them out of jail. I think it was Dan. And then Karen, you know, of course, came to her senses because she's like, wait, that's my baby boy. So she goes to um, the police station to bail them out. But Dan already got them. So I think that's what happened. But her and Dan share this look. And I'm like, did she pay for it? And then Dan just picked them up. What's going on? But I think it was Dan. She just so happened to be there right when it happened, which honestly, ugh another knife in the heart. My second quote is also actually from when they were in jail for the night. And (laughs) this one just makes me laugh because Nathan's like, call my wife. Oh, wait a minute. Does a little pause. Scratch that because, you know, his wife left. Ooh, ouch, ouch. (laughs) Obviously, he's just like trying to poke fun at himself. That's his way of coping right now. But (laughs) It still makes me laugh. I shouldn't, but it does. Sorry, Nathan. He does have another quote, though. Um, and this one I wrote down too. If I love her and she loves me, what's there to figure out? Because when he calls Haley and she says that she just needs time to process things and figure out what's happening, which honestly doesn't make sense to me. Since she asked Nathan, how can she make this better? And Nathan's like, you can't. But at the same time, she's trying to figure things out. Honestly, what he said is so true. If she loves him and he loves her, what is there to figure out? If that's all true, then they'll work it all out. I mean, obviously, he's hurt right now. But he, in that statement, he's basically saying, like, things will work out. And he's not even... I don't know, trying to make her come back from the tour immediately. But I don't know. I don't know. 
The whole situation is just a mess. Young or old, honestly, I don't know if anyone would handle this kind of thing the right way. So it is what it is. At the end of it all, we just hope that they'll work it out. There you have it. Season two, episode 15, the time capsule episode. And, you know, if you've watched One Tree Hill before, this is definitely a very big precursor to something that happens later on. So that's exciting to see where all that began. Now we can move on to the craziness that is Keith's wedding in the next episode. Okay, episode 16, Somewhere a Clock is Ticking. The day has come, Keith is getting married, but ooh, does it not go to plan. Everyone's excited and coming out to see good old Keith Scott get married, but unfortunately, his bride never walks down the aisle. We've all been waiting for the news to come out that Jules was working with Dan this whole time. But this is literally the worst way possible that it could have happened. Andy promised Karen that he was going to help her with this Lucas situation. So he does just that and gets someone to do some digging on Dan. They find that Dan has been giving a lot of money to a woman paying for her home and sending her money So they think at first that he's having an affair, rightfully so. I mean, when you find that kind of stuff, that's probably where your head goes first. But no, just for them to find out the woman Dan has been paying is Jules. So then they're like, he's having an affair with Jules. That's messed up. But no, he's been paying Jules to play Keith so that Keith will have his heart broken because he's getting back at Keith for sleeping with Deb. If that is not one of the most insane things a brother has ever done to another one, I don't know what is. Honestly, I'm really glad Karen confronted Jules about this. The first time I watched it, I was really upset with her. I was like, Karen, leave her alone. Just, uh, oh my gosh, let it happen on its own. But no, Coming back, I'm like, yes, thank you. She's being a real friend because Jules cannot walk down this aisle and marry this man when she has this giant secret. If she really loves him the way she says she does, then she'll tell him the truth. And if he truly loves her, then he will not care about what is going on. Will it hurt? Yes, but he'll be able to move past it because she told the truth. And this is why I'm just very confused about Jules' feelings for Keith. She says she loves him and is willing to marry him. And truthfully, I think she actually does love him. Keith is definitely not the most well-off guy around. I mean, he was basically working for his brother just a few months ago before he decided to go to Charleston and all that stuff. So it's not as if she's getting any money or something out of this. That's why I'm like, she has to actually love him, right? What it, What is the gain if she doesn't? But that just makes her really look dumb for running away. I mean, homegirl 
disappeared disappeared um after that wedding she left the dress she got in her car and she was gone and he doesn't even really know her real name so how is he supposed to find her at this point in time it's just all very insane and I don't understand why she didn't stick around and talk to Keith especially since he literally ran after her so obviously he didn't really care so I just I don't get it. I don't get it. So those are the moments when I'm like, oh, maybe she doesn't love Keith. But she wasn't getting any money from Dan anymore. So it's just very confusing. It's like the writers didn't really know how to write her off. So they just had this big blow up and her run away. And that's her excuse. But if you truly love someone, that is not enough of an excuse to completely disappear from their life or at least that's what I think oh well it's over and done with everybody knows now unfortunately though Jules and Karen somehow become the bad guys in this situation and not Dan like no one really gets on him for what he did to Keith but they all get upset at Karen for telling Jules that she needs to tell Keith the truth. And of course, they get upset with Jules because she was plotting with Dan in the first place. But why do we not see anyone get upset with Dan? You know, it just what? Make it make sense, please. Continuing with our unfortunate couple events, we had the TV segment that happened with Haley and Chris, where Chris basically tells the world that him and Haley are dating and Haley doesn't stop him. She doesn't dispute the claims. That situation was so stupid. It made no sense because at the beginning of the episode, we see that Haley calls Nathan and For a quick second, you're thinking, oh, she's calling to make things better. But no, she just called to tell him more about music stuff. And (laughs) that was annoying. She's being all sad girl saying that none of this means anything if she can't share it with the person that she truly cares about, which is Nathan. Honey, you have bigger issues to talk about right now. You don't need to be telling him about the thing that is basically breaking you up in the first place. But anyway, she calls Nathan to tell him that she's going to be on TV tonight and wanted to know if maybe he would watch it. So Haley knows that there is a possibility that Nathan would be watching this TV segment and she still does nothing about the Chris situation. I mean, homegirl even took off her wedding ring because one of the managers is like, oh, it's better for your image. Not gonna lie, the first time I watched through, maybe even the second time I watched through, I kind of justified this for Haley because I was like, oh, her team made her do it. She didn't have a choice. But then I was like, wait a second. The manager did not say she had to take off the ring. He just said it would be better if she did. And she went along with it, knowing good and well that Nathan was not having it right now. So for her to not have a ring on and then let Chris make it seem like they're dating. Why would Nathan believe what she's saying? I will give this to her. It did seem like she was going to say that she's married when the um, TV host asked her a question, but then Chris butted in. But like, she could have very easily been like, no, Chris, we're not together. I have a husband, but she didn't. So, huh? 
I understand that this is Haley's big break and she doesn't really want to cause any problems, doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. But based on the character that we have come to know as Haley, she's not one to take that kind of crap. So it just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. She's basically letting Chris walk all over her relationship. That's why Nathan says in the beginning when they have their call that it's about Chris. And Haley says that it's not about Chris. You know that. How is he supposed to know that if you're letting stuff like this slide, Haley? She keeps saying that she loves him, but her actions do not show it at all. If you keep saying it's just about the music, then make it just about the music. Just focus on your music. You don't need to have a relationship with Chris at all, aside from singing together. Of course, she needs to be amicable and decently friendly because, I mean, they need to have some kind of chemistry singing together. But aside from that, she doesn't need to indulge him any further. Not with the state that her marriage is in. I will say, it's definitely easier to sympathize with Nathan because we see so much more of him. We see him spiraling out of control, trying to buy drinks, getting drunk at Keith's wedding, going off the rails. And we don't really see what's happening with Haley. But I feel like even if we did see what was happening there... I don't think it would make that much of a difference. Enough of all the relationship drama and sad stuff, though. Let's let's talk about something more fun, you know, something cute. And we'll start off with Jake and Peyton. They're adorable. Tension is obviously rising. They say they're going to take things slow, but uh, feelings get the best of them and they do end up sleeping together right before the wedding, which is <laughs> quite the moment. But hey, the wedding didn't end up happening, so they weren't really late for anything. I loved that Brooke knew just from seeing them, like two seconds of seeing them together. And Brooke was like, oh my gosh, you guys did it. She's hilarious and obviously very perceptive when she's paying attention to her best friend. Speaking of Brooke, her and Lucas are getting a lot chummier. And uh, I'm sorry for anyone that's not a Brookus fan. I truly do enjoy it. I think they're so cute, so fun and flirty. I am here for it, at least in this episode. Obviously, they're not together. She's still with Felix, but they're getting closer. And even Peyton notices and says something about it. I'd like to note, though, that Peyton does not seem jealous in any way, shape, or form. I mean, obviously, she's very happy with Jake. But she does have some concern about their relationship, and she wants to know that Brooke is okay. Makes total sense. That's how friends should be with each other. But I just love the fact that there is no jealousy. So Luke brings Brooke as his date to the wedding, which I don't understand why Brooke didn't already have an invite to the wedding, considering, you know, Peyton and Jake were invited to the wedding, but maybe Keith was closer to Jake and Peyton than we thought. So sure. And also he knows that Brooke and Lucas broke up, so he didn't want to stir the pot. I don't know. But anyway, they go together. And I mean, it's just cute and sweet. There's definitely a little spark there between the two of them, but 
it doesn't make it awkward. They're still able to function as humans and as friends in this setting together. And I thoroughly appreciate it. They crack some jokes with each other, but also have a little emotional, you know, moment. And it's just nice to see. They've finally gotten past all the mess that happened before. As Brooke told us, she literally said, love triangles are so last season. Mm, Very on the nose there, writers. Overall, I was very much here for the Brookus content. Sorry, not sorry. Before my quotes, there are two things here that I wanted to say just because they didn't fit in my overall thing for this episode. But we see that Deb is taking pills in this episode. Obviously, she is very overwhelmed and she's trying to deal with all of her feelings. So she takes some pills to help her out. This could have been a very simple, normal thing, but... Lucas sees it and mentions it to her and she gets very defensive. So that kind of reaction is obviously a little bit concerning. Lucas isn't trying to make her feel bad. He just wants her to be okay, but she does not want anyone in her business right now. So she shuts that down real fast. The other thing is, I feel like this was the turning point for Dan becoming basically a cartoon villain. I mean, that end shot when he's smirking to himself, drinking the champagne and literally tips over the groom on the wedding cake because he's like, "Ooh, got one. Now on to the next, meaning he's about to go after Deb because... Actually, this whole time he has been playing everyone and he is not over it that these two slept together. So we're just going to wait and see what he has in store for our dear old Deb. Now my episode quotes. The first one is from Whitey. So glad to see him again. I feel like it's been a little bit. Whitey runs into Nathan while they're at the grocery store and Nathan is moping and pouting about everything that's happening with Haley. And Whitey says, I'm sorry, the pity store is closed today. (laughs) And, you know, I like that he's showing Nathan a little bit of tough love because, yeah, sure, it sucks, Nathan, what is happening. But Whitey's like, listen, if you love her, you better stop talking smack and do something about it. Granted, we see what comes out of him kind of trying to do something about it and he gets low-key kicked in the balls but hey hey at least someone is telling Nathan that he needs to suck it up and start getting his act together because let's be real now Nathan is going low cuckoo bananas so um <laughs> he needs to rein it in another quote also about Nathan and Haley of course um <laughs> but this one's from Haley when she's talking with Chris and she says Nathan matters. But then Chris asks her, then what are you doing here? And that one left her speechless. The woman was too stunned to speak. (laughs) Haley really didn't know what to say. Because yeah, sure, it is about her music. But also, low key, I think Haley is in her own way running away from the marriage. Not because she doesn't love Nathan but because she's like oh my gosh 
I'm in high school and I just got married and that's kind of overwhelming. So hopefully she gets it together soon, but hey, it's a crazy thing she's going through. I would probably want to run away too. I wouldn't do it, but I think about it (laughs) at least once or twice. And for my final quote, this one's honestly creepy because Dan, as Brooke and Peyton are walking by, says to Brooke, save a slow dance for me, Miss Davis. Disgusting. Why would he say that? This is when you're like, oh, yeah, the creator of this show was not the best guy. And I feel like this showcases that. And it's just, mm, it makes me uncomfy. I don't like that. I'm intrigued to see when um, the Drama Queens podcast gets to this episode and hears that line because I'm sure they will not be happy with it. But there it is. I just needed to point it out because... Why would they put that in there? That wasn't needed. I mean, I guess in a way they're trying to establish that Dan is creepy, not a great guy. But we already knew that. This extra line didn't need to be there. So, yeah, don't like it, but there it is. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will be back next week, hopefully. I do plan on being more on time and consistent again. I just, with everything and the holidays going on the past few weeks and everything before that, I was very off my game. But, you know, new year, new me. We're getting back into it. So I will be back again next week with another new episode. Bye.